Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today we are sitting down with Hart Hagerty from Hart Jewelry. And I've known Hart for several years. I think the first time I met you was when we had our pop-up studio on President Street. So it was probably like three years ago. And Hart is a beautiful woman and mother and wife and business owner. And I think the first time I met Hart, she gave me a piece of jewelry and I was like, oh, I really like this girl. (laughs) Um, So Hart, tell us a little bit about yourself, background, where you're from, all the things. Okay. So yes, my name is Hart. I grew up in Charleston. Um, I'm 34 years old. I live downtown. Uh, I have two little girls. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Sorry, four-month-old. I started my business in 2016. Uh, Let's see. I went to Vanderbilt University. I, where I majored in Chinese. Oh, wow. Yes, and sociology. And so you're really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I lived in China for six years after I graduated college. I'd love to, I want to dive into that because sure. I think that is so cool. So you, like right when you graduated, you went to China. Uh, yes. So my junior year of college, I studied abroad there. I went to Shanghai. It was just so fun. I was looking at different programs and there was one in Beijing, which was like super hardcore and academic and cold. And then the Shanghai one was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> it's a big international city. Yeah, There's a joint program with NYU. And I was like, I want to go there. So I went to, um, I went there my spring semester, fell in love with it, stayed for the summer and then went back to Vanderbilt, graduated. And this was in the recession. Mm-hmm. And I had a job offer to work at a law office. And I just accepted it because I wanted like the first thing that got me back there with the visa. Oh, in Shanghai? Yes. And it was not for me. And so I started blogging on the side, doing like street style photography. And I had this blog. And I ended Is up... Is it still alive? No, I, I, I deleted it. Yeah. I don't think it was like my finest work. You were done with it. Yes. <laughs> and I... Uh, let's see. I wanted to do a different direction. And long story short, I got a job as a uh, fashion and lifestyle editor at an English magazine. It's kind of so like cool. Charleston magazine. Okay. Yeah. And it and that was, was... And so it was an English magazine in, in Shanghai. In Shanghai. Yes. But a lot of my job required me to speak Chinese and do research. And it was so much fun. So for, so for several years, I was... My job was to stay in nice hotels, review them. <laughs> Sucks. Interview, <laughs> interview up and coming local Chinese designers, foreign designers, um, uh, talk about new like art galleries or creative spaces that was, go- that were opening. It was my job to have my finger on the pulse of what was happening and write 20 pages worth of content for it. That's amazing. It was a huge education. And after a couple of years in publishing, I, was a little bit burned out and I wanted to do something different. So I went freelance and I started working in trend forecasting, uh-huh. which is something I'd learned about when I was studying uh, at Vanderbilt during my sociology part of my education and understanding like how trends work and how they trickle down and into the mainstream. And so I started doing trend forecasting for fashion brands that wanted to gain more knowledge into the Chinese market. Wow. Yeah, it That's was amazing. Super this is cool. right out of school. Yes. I early 20s, yeah. It was so fun. I was I made, like babysitting out of school. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. And I, I made a lot of friends all over the world. I I'm traveled s- all over Asia. What made you want to major in that? Had you always had an interest in the culture? Um, to be honest, I it was kind of first like a challenge from my dad. Um, I, I went to Vanderbilt uh, and like three weeks in, I was like, I love sociology. I want to be a sociology major. And my dad was like, 
oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you need to study something useful. Like, sociology is cool, but, like, let's get you some practical stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you study Chinese? And I've always been really good at languages, and I thought, like, I'll just give this a whirl. Like, it sounds really cool. So you you knew nothing going in. I didn't know. I didn't even know how to say hello. How do you say, like, hi, my name's Hart. Sarah, you look really pretty. <laughs> okay, I can say, sure. Um, 你好,我叫何美心. Sarah, 你很漂亮. I agree. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Thank you. And, and like, I'm, I'm actually so intrigued because I know nothing about the Chinese culture. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do you have, like, friends there still? A lot of my friends, I made a lot of expat friends when I was there. I, I think one of my regrets when living there, I wasn't as integrated with the Chinese culture as I had been. Shanghai is an incredibly international city. Uh, these expat communities are extremely strong. I had friends from France, from Turkey, from, from England, from so, Canada, mm-hmm. from all over. I did have good friends within my work, but looking back in my like early 20s, I was like partying and like mm-hmm. so... Um, I wish I had made like a stronger connection really. Um, but that said, just being there through osmosis, uh, it really made like a huge impact on me. Um, I, it was the most formative experience of my life so far. I for bet. sure. Did yeah. all like, cause you're super close to your sister and mm-hmm. your cousins and like, did they all come visit you and everything? Curry did. Yeah. Curry, Curry did. She came for a week. And it's tempting when you travel that far to a country that big that you want to say, okay, well, I'm going to go to Shanghai, and then I'm going to go to Beijing, and then I'm going to go to the Great Wall, and I'm going to go to Xi'an and, like, do this whole – and then I'm going to finish in Hong Kong. And she said, you know what? I only have a week. I'm just going to spend a week with you in Shanghai, and that's Mm -hmm. what she did. And it was really fun. We went – you know, we went out, and I showed her all around, and she did a tea ceremony, which is a funny story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's actually a scam where you end up getting (laughs) – having to pay a lot of money. But anyway, she had a, she had a, uh, she had a great time. So what, what, so when was the transition to come back to the States? 2014. So that was five years, uh, after living there for five years. Um, I was dating somebody at the time. I dated a French guy for five years. I just can't it, believe there? It. Yes. It was such a wonderful. So did you get to travel a lot while you were there? Like are yeah. things access- more accessible? Yes. I mean, I would have friends who would just go to the airport in Shanghai and just look at the board and say, okay, I want to go there. Because there's just so many inexpensive airlines like going all over all over Asia. And so, yeah, I mean, I went to, gosh, I went to Japan. I went to the Philippines. I went to Thailand. Um, all over. It was just magical. So cool. And now I'm a mom of two. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're a lot more than that, girl. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But I do miss, I miss travel so much. I and know. I miss that. Do you travel with your girls? No, I have never, Huguette, my oldest, has never been on a plane. Is, do you, is that because, well, she kind of like pandemic-ish. Of yeah. She was born three days before the shutdown happened. Jeez. So she was born March 13th, 2020. And so I, I, I actually like had a lot of stress because when, you know, that first year went by and we didn't travel at all and I just felt really like suffocated and stuck and I really love to go and get on a plane and, and learn. And I also, and so I kept telling myself or incorrectly, I would say like to myself, okay, well now you have kids, like you don't, you aren't going to travel anymore. Like you're mm-hmm. so provincial. You're not, you lost your adventure, all of that stuff. And, and I've learned to just like calm the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. Like we're in a pandemic. Right. She's, I have two kids under the age of two. Uh, yeah. Like, I think it's all good. I'm at this other part of my life now where, you know, I'm working my butt off. Yeah. I'm, 
raising a family and just really trying to put down really strong roots so that I can branch out. And, you know, just the way of so many, I feel like there's a lot to cover, but this, I want to go back to your travels in a second, but I think talking about like motherhood, like, Mm -hmm. because as you and I were kind of like spitballing before Mm -hmm. we started like, and I think being a, 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 I'm not saying a stay at home mother is a working mother as well, but a mother that works outside of the home. It's like, I feel stretched all the time. Yes. Like I was telling um, Hart and Lindsay before, like I had to teach a bunch of classes today and then. I got to, we, I'm doing this podcast and then Della has dance at three 30. And then after that I have something at five 15 and then it's like, you go to dinner to bed. And then it's like, I'm like, did we even like what? Yeah. And then I'm, you know, no wonder I want to stay up all night and binge watch euphoria, you right. know, it's like me time. Right. But then like, that's bad for you. <laughs> oh, right. Cause you're yeah. supposed to be meditating or sleeping <laughs> yes. or doing something. Yeah. Or like yeah. journaling or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, I feel like you just, you, I don't want to say you can't win, but I mean, I was driving back from Whole Foods last night and I had some dark thoughts on the road. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like, am I going to be doing this when I'm 40 or like, or 50, like 20 years from now where like, what is this all for? Like I get some like yeah. dark, dark stuff happening in my head sometimes. I get it. And I think it's I don't just, think it's dark. I think it's really normal. I just think people don't talk about it. Yeah. Well, it's real. And I think that, uh, I'm, and I don't want to complain because I think that, you know, Every, like right now, what I have, everything that I have, every problem that I have is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Like I have two beautiful little girls. I have a growing business. Right. People want my time. People want me around them. Like that's, that's great. And, um, I'm happy for that, but there comes a time where you have to like put your hand up and say like boundaries, yo, like I I gotta chill. But then like you have those internal battles at night where you're right. Like I just want to watch, like I've been watching queer eye for the straight guy Mm -hmm. and like I can hear my mom and dad, like in the background of my head, you know, we weren't allowed to watch TV when I was little. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, like you should be painting or that's why you were a Chinese major. (laughs) My kids are fucked. I just, I've never, ever, ever allowed, I, I don't allow myself to be like lazy or rest. Like right. if I have two hours, like I'm coming to the works or right. I'm going to my painting studio or I'm like f- working on something on the house or planning, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. It's hard just to like, let yourself chill. It is really hard. I have, um, I am not very good at it. I know. <sighs> that, and that's but period. You're, I feel like sentence. you're harnessing it though for good you know like yeah I mean so are you like in some ways like your Achilles heel is like your superpower yeah totally I agree with that 100 percent um okay so let's go back to China because I'm probably never gonna go so (laughs) (laughs) what okay you said that it was like very formative what was was your biggest like takeaway like and and because I want to see how this like plays into like your business which is like you've such a growing amazing business oh gosh um I think personally just seeing how big the world is Mm -hmm. and this sounds cliche but everybody wants the same thing no matter where you're from you know what country you live in what language you speak who you vote for like we all want the same thing at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and um I I saw people in China who didn't have a lot I had saw people in China who had billion literally billions of dollars and um we're all, I don't know, we're all just, we're all in this together. And I think it was just really powerful to see in a, that in a country so different from ours that we're really just very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, on a professional level, I'm really proud. Uh, so a lot of my jewelry is made in China. 
Um, like for example, these bracelets and our beaded bracelets, they're proudly made in China and mm. there's a huge stigma. Mm. A lot of people don't like it, but it really upsets me because it de- that stigma like dehumanizes who's making our jewelry. Like right. I know exactly who's making our jewelry. I know where our jewelry is being made. Mm-hmm. I am friendly with the people who, the managers, like we're invited to her wedding. Her name's Layla. She has a Husky. She got engaged last year. Like mm-hmm. I, I, she went on vacation recently. I, I know like I, I, I am, it's, I have strong relationships with these people and so, um, and she wants what I want, you know, like I send her baby photos. Like yep. she loves seeing those things. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's like one of the biggest takeaways and that really just, and I think that makes me a better business person. It makes me a better person in general. Just like when you get out of your own bubble and you get out of this beautiful little charming world that is Charleston, like you understand that like we're really not like the world. You have to see that the world is very different in order to realize that we're really kind of just all the same. Totally. I had a, I did an interview once with a woman who run helps run a a nonprofit for girls in India that are trafficked. And she was talking about how, you know, when they're in India and they're sitting around with some of the older women and they're all talking, she's like, they're complaining about their men leaving their dishes. They're talking about how they want love, (laughs) you know, it's like, we're all like kind of like living these like, you know, parallel lives, but it is, we're, you know, like that Maya Angelou quote, like we are more alike than we are different. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's so true. And I think to kind of piggyback what you said, I say this in class a lot. I'm like, you know, I might not know everyone's name. I don't know what your Mm -hmm. bank account looks like. I don't know who you love or, you know, who you voted for, but Mm -hmm. like in this space where yoga means union, like Mm -hmm. it's a microcosm of what's happening out there. It is. And if we can do it in there, like together, like you don't know who you're rubbing shoulders with, like you can do it out there. Yep. And I think that that's really good. That's really good takeaway. A good point. And I think also, I mean, it, my, my time there as well, like with my language capabilities and also, just really understanding how their culture works. And um, I know how to do business there. I know what's expected That's of me really as a cool. business owner. Yeah. I know how to communicate with them, not just like through language. By the way, their English is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's way better than my Mandarin, but it's like a respect issue. And I think um, I also just, I know how the factories work. I know how sampling works. Like if it wasn't for COVID, I would have been over there once or twice already. Because mm-hmm. um, right now we do sampling where, you know, I'm, I send drawings, I, I pick out beads and colors, and then they make a sample, they take a photo of it. We do a lot of it over WhatsApp. Like it, I get into bed at night after I put my kids to bed and you know, like the dream feed. And yeah. then like 10 p.m. I get a ping on my on my WhatsApp. Yeah. And I have to, you know, answer that. But anyway, I would probably like go to the factory, sit down with them for a week, mm-hmm. like crank out samples instead of having to do this back and forth. Right. Um and if I wanted to make things cheaper, I wouldn't make them in China. Like you can make them in other places and certainly the tariffs aren't helping. So, um, but yeah, I, I love my, I love my background there, but I'm also like, that was my past. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to, that's necessarily my future either. Right. And so that was kind of a difficult door to shut. It was like pretty squeaky when I was like, all right, you know, I don't have to be there forever. This so, is okay. Not my so what own. brought you back to the States? So, oh yeah. Um, honestly, one of the challenges was just like the lifestyle in Shanghai. It was, I mean, yes, it was in my twenties. We were going out a lot. You know, I definitely smoked a lot of cigarettes. That was not good. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You could do worse. I could. If you haven't listened to Ross's podcast, go listen to it. I I love you, Ross. (laughs) I I can't do drugs. Like I just am like, like tequila, I'm like fine with red wine, caffeine, but like, like I'm no judgment, but I'm just not, 
I don't like that feeling of just not knowing like what's going to happen or next. how I can like get home. Yeah. Yes. Or how to make it stop. I'm not brave enough or no, crazy maybe enough. you are too. Maybe you're brave. <laughs> maybe that's smart. Um, <laughs> but then also just the, pol- when I was there, like the pollution really was bad and, um, you know, the, it's harder to get fresh, like fresh organic vegetables. And, you know, my hair was kind of getting crispy from whatever was in the water. And Shanghai is an incredibly modern, advanced city. But I think like after a while, I just kind of missed like just running around in a giant park or going surfing Mm -hmm. or to the beach or whatever. And did you come home a lot while you were there? No, I probably came home once or twice a year because it's It's a a lot of trouble. It's like a uh, 15, 13 hour flight from Atlanta or (sighs) Chicago. Talk about giving me a panic attack. Yeah. Oh, so I lied. I would, I would take a Xanax on the but that's not, those aren't drugs. Yeah. I would take it on the plane. Child's play. Just yeah. kidding. Sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Child's shouldn't play Xanax. Uh, fun story. I was on the flight back and we were like, I don't know, six hours into it. And we were just about to like leave Alaska and like go over Russia. Cause you go like way up high and then you come back down. And, um, there was a woman in first class who had taken a Xanax and drank too much and it like mixed funny and she went belligerent mm. and we had to like make an emergency landing in Alaska. That's not fun. And then we had to stay on the plane for like another Well, cause they have to take hours. her off first, right? Yes. yes. We, we were we like, not in one of our podcasts. I'm pretty sure there were like grizzly bears as we were landing. <laughs> you were like, get her off the plane. <laughs> like, can we please get on? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just, I miss, I miss my home. Like, you know, I'm the youngest of four kids. My I'm seventh generation Charleston. Yeah. Like I have my roots go way back here. I my family's like super tight. I really saw myself at least being East Coast. I actually never didn't really think I would end up in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I landed back here in 2014, I actually met my now husband. We c- crossed paths, but we weren't ready for each other. Yeah. And then um, I moved to New York, and I was in New York for a couple of years doing branding and. Um, social media advertising and stuff like that. So when did you open or when did you start doing your own thing? Uh, 2016 was really the official start of my of my uh, jewelry business. So okay. um, let's see. So I had started making the earrings when I was in Shanghai. I came across these pretty little tassels mm-hmm. and I had never made jewelry before. I took them to a woman. Her name is Mrs. Ye. And Mrs. Ye, Catherine, she also goes by Catherine. It's like, can you fashion these into earrings for me. And she did it right on the spot. And so I started wearing them around town in Shanghai. People wanted them. So I'd sell a few to friends. Fast forward when I was living in New York, um, I was working a really intense job. Do you know Milk Studios? Is it the... It's this really like sexy photography studio no, in Manhattan in the Meatpacking District. It's like if Kanye West wants to have like a secret concert or get his album cover photographed in a studio, he goes to Milk. Got or like... It. The Olsen twins go there for their, like, shooting for the row or whatever. Okay. So they have an in-house creative agency, and somehow they hired me as a senior strategist. And I was Not like... somehow. Well... <laughs> and say, and wait say, for the end of the story. Your resume looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I was like, I would... I told myself, like, all right, I believe in you. Like, I believe in myself. Give myself these pep talks. I was like, I deserve this salary. And they're like, sweet. Okay, we hire you. And... I was really not good at the job. I was not good at the job that they needed me to do. Right. I think that I could have done another job, but it turned out... Anyway, my boss hated me. I've never been fired in my life, but I got fired. Yeah. Like, it was a very, very bad... What did that feel situ- like for you? Um, did you know it was coming? I didn't know it was coming because they had fired someone else and they had given that person a warning. And so I thought, well, maybe I... if I knew it was bad. Like, she at some points, she wouldn't even look at me. She was... <sighs> 
Yeah. It's not very good leadership though. Sorry. I guess not. But you know, she was really good at other things, but we just, I don't know, towards the end, you know, as a boss now, I kind of understand. I I have like empathy for where she was. I think Mm -hmm. she was under like a ton of pressure totally from the top down. And I was an expensive hire and I wasn't doing, I wasn't able to do the things that she wanted me to do on this high level. Um, and I, I guess maybe I talked a lot of game. I wasn't dishonest, but I think I thought I really could do it. And Anyway, they pull me into an office one day and they're like, you need to go. And they're like, you need to go right now. And she wouldn't even look at me. Oh, man. And I've been like a straight A student. I'm like an overachiever. You've never watched TV. You've never done drugs. (laughs) And now you're getting fired. (laughs) But here's the fun part. This is like how awesome the universe is. So I was so miserable at my job leading up to that. Like I would literally take my lunch to the High Line because it went like right Mm -hmm. by. And I would just cry and call my mom. I was just like... And there were these, they'd have like basement parties at night where they'd like smoke weed. And I was like, I'm just not cool enough. Like I'm going to go home. But I would wear my earrings to work. And Grace Coddington was in the, um, the famous but redheaded Vogue mm-hmm. editor was in the, um, the elevator once. And she was like, nice earrings. I was like, cool. So I started wearing them to work. And then people would ask me about them. And I'd come home and sit on my tiny little bed in my tiny apartment in Chelsea and just like cry and like make tassel earrings. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) And then I'd like go on my porch or like my, I had this teeny little balcony and I would like smoke a cigarette and pretend that I'm um, Edie Sedgwick and (laughs) and then like come back in and make more earrings. Anyway, the day, so I had, I'd been making enough money to like actually do like a proper business. So I filed for my South Carolina business license or like an LLC or whatever. And the day that I got fired, I came home early, opened my mailbox and that, and it had been approved and it was like in my mailbox. So you were, that's like destiny. So I was like, cool. Yeah. I think this is a sign. Yep. So I got a visa for China, like the next, in the next week I flew to Shanghai, stood, uh, hung out with, or stayed with some of my friends who were still there and I went, contacted Mrs. Yeah, Catherine, and she started making the earrings for me. And we've sold almost 100,000 pairs since then. I've like just chills all over my whole body. Yeah. Damn, girl, that's amazing. So I was just starting with the earrings. And I was so naive when I started because it was like right with like Warby Parker came out. And like, I was like, I'm going to be the Warby Parker of tassel earrings. <laughs> but you but you kind of are. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing with the earrings. Like they are, tassels are, they're like a, they're like a, like a jewelry icon or a staple. They're yeah. timeless. You've got your diamond studs, you have your gold hoops, which mm-hmm. you're wearing. Maybe you have a pearl stud, but no one was doing tassels like in a really so chic way. So let me ask you a question just sure. because, because a lot of people are doing them now. <laughs> How does that feel? I mean, I, mean, I, do you, like, I wasn't the first okay. and I'm not the last. Like right. I don't own tassel earrings. Right. I think that like, I mean, Target did like a really similar style with like the top knot. and But at the end of the day, like no one knows how I make... Are the, you can't really emulate my, I'm very flattered. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's inevitable. But again, I don't, I don't, I don't own that. And I think like, I don't own charm necklaces. People are also doing beaded bracelets. You, I really think that where my value comes is the brand that my sister and I are building and the, the value that we give to our customers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could get like a cool hip, yoga workout down yep. the street, you know, yep. but I come here because it's different. And like you, what you were saying about your teacher training, you're like, you can do literally exactly what I do, right. But you're never going to be me. Right. And so I, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. 
I feel you. I feel the same way. I'm also kind of like bring it on, you know, yeah. like it, it really does galvanize your, your hardcore fans too. Cause they'll see something, they'll see a tassel earring at target mm-hmm. and it will look and feel like shit and it will fall apart. Sorry, target. If you ever yeah. want to do a collab, <laughs> <Yes>. same <laughs> with me, same with me. I like, I like workout clothes, but it, but it shows you just like what goes into our earrings yep. cause they're all handmade. Like they're, they're like beautifully dyed. And yeah. They're beautiful. Special cover, so colors pretty. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I do think that's interesting what you said, like about, you know, your loyal customers. Like the mm-hmm. first time, the, like I hear things from people like that are like rushing to tell me. They're like, "Did you hear about this new class at this gym?" And they're doing just da, da, da. and I'm like, "It's okay, it's cool." Mm-hmm. Like, but thank you for telling me, you know. And I think people, especially in, I mean, Charleston is such a small yeah. city, and people have the loyalty is really strong. It is. Um, so, it's how did you? I, I want to get into like the growth of your business as well, uh-huh. but like you, I mean, you're not just popular in Charleston. Like you have people buy stuff from all over the world. Yeah. So how did that, like, was it press? Was it like, how did you grow? So now you're not making tasseled earrings in your apartment anymore. Right. So now what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in 2014, sorry, 2016, I moved home. Um, I moved back in with my parents. I was 27 or 28 at the time. And I, posted up in my parents' library. My mom was helping me. She would like hand, I would get an order. It was before I had like Shapiro and Sipstation that would uh, talk to Shopify and it mm-hmm. would automatically print labels and blah, blah, blah. And so I would be like, all right, Sarah Frick, yeah. one, <laughs> two, three, four, Palmetto Drive, right. Charleston, South Carolina, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd like literally walk it to the post office from their house. Um, I would say that the growth really is just like, it's hustle, it's time, it's just, there's so much that goes into yeah. it. Everything is considered, you know, I'll take a trunk show at a small store in Greenville. I'll, you know, we do pop-ups with you guys. We spend a ton of money on advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, Who do you advertise with? Well, we advertise on Facebook and yeah. Instagram. We and do you think that helps? Um, I would say, yes, it helps keep your brand relevant mm-hmm. and top of mind in the feed. However, I'm starting to become very skeptical. Curry, I need to give a shout out to my sister. So two years ago, October 2020, my sister Curry left her job at Easton Porter, which is this very swanky luxury hospitality company. Mm-hmm. They own Zero George. They own Pippin Hill. And um, Curry was their marketing director for almost 10 years. And she left and joined me and is now my partner and marketing director. And she's brought like a lot of Carter to my yeah. she's awesome <laughs> she's my Carter yeah, I think. yeah. Um, we need Carters in yeah, our life she's my Carter um to to the business and so we spend a, so she we have a we have PR with Leapfrog which they're fantastic mm-hmm. we've got um a retainer with an ad agency that helps us with Facebook ads um we do a bunch of events with our stores that's another marketing mm-hmm. angle that we use so we're carried in almost 100 stores nationwide Oh my gosh, girl. Yeah. I was just next door at my studio in Mount Pleasant at the monkeys over there. And I was like, yeah, oh, there's hearts earrings. And they've been carrying us for, uh, it's, I think Lindsay is her name. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, they've carried us for, gosh, two or three years. And, you know, they'll invite us to the store and, you know, roll out the red carpet for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm there for six hours. And sometimes, you know, this isn't at monkeys, but sometimes I'll do an event and nobody shows up and it's really not fun. And then there's some times where we blow it all the water, but it all accumulates and it all like just bit by bit. Yep. Um, but I wanted to go back to Facebook and, um, 
and just advertising because you can spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on these ads, but there's so much opacity with with Facebook and Instagram. I'm very starting to become very skeptical of it where like you don't really know where your money is going. Like they mm-hmm. control all of that reporting. Right. And so we'll cre- increase our ad spending, but it doesn't necessarily correlate with dollars Got it. in our bank. And so um, what Curry and I are trying to do is really focus on the things, the platforms, the physical space that we can control, mm-hmm. that we see right in front of us, that we know, okay, this is where we can present our our best selves and create incredibly high-touch, awesome, personalized service yep. for people and product instead of, like, throwing money into a black hole and crossing our fingers and, like, praying to Mark Zuckerberg that he's going right. to, you know, do his job or <laughs> yeah. whatever. And yeah. so I think, like, that is uh, is really is super important, and that's why we opened this studio showroom. Tell 650 us. King Street. It's so cute. I went in there. It's, it's adorable. So are you guys, you guys, are you open to shop or just appointment? So right now we are by appointment only. However, we are staffing up. And so our goal is to be open Monday through Friday, like 10 to four. Oh, so good. Yes. And some weekends. So we're getting there. I'm hoping by mid-March or even sooner. Yeah. Maybe even sooner, actually, that it will be more of a regular thing because Nobody has time to be like checking them. You know, when are they open? Are they not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but also the appointments are. We will always keep the appointments too, because it's it's amazing when people come into the studio and like sit down with us and build a necklace, a custom charm necklace. Like that's what we're that's what really what we're starting to yeah. be known for, because it's such a personalized piece. And you know, we get to know the customer, we get to hear their story, we get to understand what they're trying to achieve and bring into their life or something they want to honor in their past and they put it they put these tokens on their their necklaces and they really are super meaningful things and mm-hmm. um it's it's a really uh powerful uh experience really and so um very humbling to be on the other side of it like yeah. we've had people who've um you know they're like gone through divorce and they want our coin that symbolizes change and empowerment they've had people who've I had someone lose their dog the other day, and we have a dog bone charm. I mean, yeah. it's like sad. Yeah, like people. I had someone who's been cancer free for seven years, and for the last few years, like she's gotten a charm on when she gets a uh, a good report. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. The Daily, located on King Street, is one of my absolute favorite easy go-to places. You can literally walk there in two minutes from the works or the work cycle. They have amazing coffees. They have beautiful teas. My all-time favorite is their soft scrambled eggs with their homemade sourdough avocado toast. It is to die for out of this world. They have great protein smoothies, um, lots of grab and go. Also female run, so you know we love that. You can always check them out as well on Instagram at the Daily CHS. You'll probably see one of us over there. I know Chandler is a humongous fan of their matcha. So check them out. If you mention the works at checkout as well, you get 10% off February and March. That's so cool. I love, I mean, I feel like my job affords me always like a front row seat to people's lives. And it's yeah. like, it's amazing. Yesterday I was, I taught a class. Um, I taught my Monday 830 and I just, it just didn't, didn't hit like I, I like for it to. And I mean, which, you know, I what mean, do you mean by that? Like, do like you feel I just, it or do yeah, you? I felt it. Okay. I, well, okay. And I'll be honest. Like, I love you Monday 830 people. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. But I had given the class up and, um, the woman who take it, who takes, who took the class from me, who works here, is wonderful. But um, 
it, the, the numbers just weren't climbing. And so I was like, I'll go back and take the class, get the numbers back up. But like selfishly, like I love a Monday 830 for myself to like mm. reset after the weekend. Okay. But so sometimes I think I go in there with the mindset, <clears throat> but it's like, you never know what people are going through. So after class, I got this long text from a number I didn't know. And I'd been, I worked like Mondays are just bananas, you mm-hmm. know, well, every day's bananas, but Monday yeah. especially. And I hadn't looked at the text. And last night I was sitting on the couch with John, my husband at like eight and I was like going through texts I hadn't looked at. And this text from this woman was like, I just want to thank you so much for the room and for class. Um, I'm going through something with my husband and there's abuse and there's alcohol. And, um, you know, like that room is a safe space for me. Wow. And I was like, holy shit. How do you respond to something like that? I, th- I sent like four texts back rapid fire. I was like, I'm here for you. No, no, I really mean it. Like, I'm here for you. Like, he- I'm here if you need me. And I like read them this morning. I was like, okay, relax, lady. But, yeah. um, but isn't that exhausting? Like, how do you do, how well, she do you said, do She that? immediately, te- not immediately, but she did text me back. I saw it this morning and she was like, thank you for taking the time to respond. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about like scaling. Well, not responding to a text. I meant like being there for so many people who, of course, responding to a I text. I think it's like but... what you were saying about like the Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's my superpower. Mm-hmm. I love community. I love it. I love it. I love it. But yeah. it also depletes the shit out of me. Yeah. And like, I don't know. So it's like when I get to be with my kids, like I have anxiety because I'm like, because kids are crazy, right? They're like just yes. fucking criminal. And <laughs> there's no, it's mayhem at my house. Like, and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like all my energy's gone. I'm tired. And now I got to fucking make you chicken nuggets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who's making my chicken nuggets? So I I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Like I think that's something that I will always, you know, I don't know. It's interesting because it's, I do, I think I give so much here mm-hmm. that sometimes when I get home, like at the end of the day, John's like, you're like the crazy aunt who won't leave the bedroom. Like, I just want to lay. I have big projector vibes too. So I like absorb a lot. Yes. Um, and I need to figure out a balance for that. So you are a projector. That's yes. if I was, if I had to line you yes. up, be like, you're obviously a projector. Yeah. Like sometimes I, feel I like a lot of sleep like- in the guest room because I'm like, like John's just sleeping next to me and I can just like feel the energy. Wow. Yeah. And I go in the guest room and I'm like, I feel like I'm in a hotel. I'm in heaven. <laughs> you need that. I know. He's, he's like, why are you sleeping in the guest room? And I'm like, I just need my space. Yes. Um, also, like, sleeping in the same bed as someone is kind of overrated. Like, it's hard. I mean, it's just, they're kicking or it's hot or, like, sometimes yeah. it's just so nice just to, like, have your space. And I snore. I mean, like, I'm not easy to sleep with. My right. poor husband, he's like, hard, yeah. like, elbowing me. John snores, I. too. I mean, I literally, like, will, like, take my foot as far back as I can and, like, kick him. <laughs> I'm like, John, He's like, ah! um, you know, I think that like when you can have any kind of business, that's going to like be part, like personal, like Julie yeah. is so personal. It you really know? is. Um, that, that actually, I would love to talk about that. You know, that is the key differentiator from our brand versus like other fashion brands, fashion jewelry brands. And by fashion jewelry, it's, it's a category that's basically like it's gold plated brass, um, and, and beads and whatnot. And there's fine jewelry, which is solid gold and mm-hmm. diamonds and all that fun, expensive stuff that I can't afford yet. But I think that um, what I noticed when I was living in New York, there were all these incredibly cool fashion people wearing these insanely unique and interesting and personalized like coins and talismans. Like they're solid gold. They're probably like twenty, thirty thousand oh. dollars Like Gwyneth Paltrow has one. And thought, man, I really want that. And like, even if I could 
set aside the money for that, I'd probably lose it. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I've lost like my absolute favorite ch- charm necklace that I got cast in gold for myself. And I'm like, there you go. This is why I can't yeah, have nice things. Super nice things. <laughs> so I so when I was doing the tassel earrings and um, the bracelets, I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I wonder if I could do this cool like charm golden uh personalized gold talismanic empowering concept but in fashion jewelry Mm -hmm. because really the only like charm concepts that I've seen are Kendra Scott and Pandora and those are very successful companies but like that's just not my vibe Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to do like a very high-end finish and make it look expensive and last a really long time and so a lot of fashion jewelry brands will use like the bare minimum gold plate and that's why it tarnishes so quickly Mm -hmm. because it's literally just like they use such a thin layer of gold that it will just literally rub off um so we use an exceptionally thick layer of gold plating or we use gold filled materials and so you're going to have it forever and it is a huge testament and honor when I see works instructors mm-hmm. wearing their necklaces to class. They all wear them. Yes. Yeah. I know. I have my bracelet over there that I got from you. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. I had a fun moment the other day. I um I had this I had the large this cracked heart uh, charm and the the heart is in, it has a crack in it and it's inspired by the Rumi quote the wound is where the light shines in mm-hmm. and it's such an important uh, quote for me. It's really it's to remind you that. Even in really shitty times, there's growth and empowerment through it. And the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. And so you can really get something positive even even in pretty negative circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this I put this on with a charm clip, but it can, like, hit me in the face when we're doing mountain climbers. Yeah. So I, ta- I, cl- I unclip it, and I put it next to my mat. And I was like, this is a cool thing. Yeah. Like it's, I'm, like, literally looking at the charm when I'm, you know, yep. like... All right, here we go. When does our light shine in? Let's let's power through yeah, this. So this definitely. is a cool little moment. I love that. Um, so what is like your number one right now? Like, because the number one like seller. Like I know you told us about the tassel earrings, but are people like I mean? Because that's the charm necklaces. Really, okay. I mean, even in the the pandemic, like the number the earring sales like went like just completely down because people weren't wearing earrings. People weren't going anywhere. They weren't going anywhere. They get you know, they get messed up with your mask, like no one's partying, no one's celebrating, really the earring, it is an everyday beautiful statement earring, but really the, the, the earring is for like work and fun and whatever. Um, and then the bracelets give these fun mantras. So they really, really took off. Like let go is a Mm -hmm. super popular one. We have one that says hell yes, which is a reminder that if it's not a hell yes, then it's probably a no, Yeah, which is a good, which, which is a really good one. Yeah. Um, I also think it's a great piece of dating advice. Mm, Yeah. I tell all my, like, younger, like, single lady friends, like, if it's not a hell yes, it's probably a no. Yeah. And if you're not his hell yes, then it's definitely a no. Absolutely. And you will know if you're if you're his hell yes. I know. I've been talking to someone that works here about um, dating or whatever, and um, I'm talking about you, Sean. Sorry. Sean came out of, like, a year or two years ago or something like that. And he's, you know, dating and he hadn't dated much before. I don't think he had really dated. And it's like, and he's like the fucking best. Like we love him so much, but he'll come in here with me and Carter. And he's like, I mean, do I call? Do I do? And I'm like, Sean, that's a no. That's a no. Yeah. Like you want, if you got to beg for someone's attention now, imagine after you've had sex 6,000 million times, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And I think that God, if someone had told me that, I probably would have saved a lot of time and heartbreak. Of mm-hmm. course, you have to go through that you in do. order to like 
really get it. But I think that's where it comes back to that phrase, like when you know, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, it, especially I feel like there's so many young women, including myself, who had like gone out with people, guys that hadn't, I don't know, they just gave you the runaround and yeah. let it slide. And like I'm, and then I realized like, no, like it's, you aren't there, hell yes. And yeah. so. Yeah. I have my hell yes. We are, I, I love my husband very much. That's awesome. Yes. It's super fun. So We're going awesome. to Eleuthera in two weeks. I just booked it are yesterday. Are you so excited? Yes. It's our first <laughs> vacation in three years. That's awesome. I'm so pumped. We're just, I found this like super cheap, rustic Airbnb right, literally right on the water. You can Amazing. jump off the deck into the water. We're getting some rental car and just exploring the island for four days. Like, and can just, I come? I mean, yeah. geez. I'm pumped. I know. It's like super low key. Yeah. Like, I mean. But everything's a treat. And I, like you said, I am so blessed and privileged. And I mean, I love my children so much. Uh-huh. But like even being on the plane yeah. without kids is yeah. like. Is this a joke right now? This I know. is amazing. Like I don't care if I'm sitting bitch between like a whole <laughs> no aisle one of football to. players. You know what I mean? Like I don't care. Do you turn your Wi-Fi on your phone when I when you're on planes? Depends. If, if you I have needed. to do work, yeah. Oh, okay, because I like don't even do that. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, this is my time yep. to like watch all the amazing Delta movies that yeah. they have yep. and just like chill the fuck out. Yeah. And really, you know, like have a glass of wine. Yep. And just you know, and that's another thing, like our phones, I, I'm just, oh, I'm so ready to, to be out of this time where we're constantly connected. And do you think we're going to get out of this time? I think that the, I mean, using my trend forecasting expertise, <laughs> I mean, you know, the pendulum always swings back. I, I think, I, I mean, I'm already kind of seeing it. I mean, they're, for example, there are luxury brands that don't have Instagrams, like Bottega yeah. Veneta does not have an Instagram. Um, there are more and more fashion brands that are launching uh, print magazines, like print catalogs. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, just even conversations that I have with my friends, I mean, we're so burned out. Mm-hmm. And I really, and I was watching like some 90s, like kind of like some Nancy Myers film the other day, and someone walks into their front door and they don't have their phone. Like, and they're just like talking. They're just talking. Yeah. They're just talking. I know. And I'm, I don't know, like my heart hurts. Like I want that. Yeah. And so I'm really trying hard. I'm not perfect at it, but like I come home and I put my phone in a box. Like I bought That's a box. So I need to do it. And I just, you know, and, but it's literally a drug. Yeah. And I know. also when you make money through your phone, you mm-hmm. know, if I'm doing like a reel, making a reel at 9 PM, uh, who can make money that way. Yep. And so it's just, you can't turn off. So I know it's so, I mean, I was like, I'm not a great sleeper. And I was talking to Kira Mendenhall about it. And, um, she's like, you got to get your phone out of the damn room. And I was like, because I literally like I'll, I use it as a sound machine too, because I'm like a a four year old and I put on, I like, I listen to winter sounds now. This is my new thing. (laughs) So it's like like a blizzard. It sounds like it's snowing. It's Does like, snow whoosh, make a sound? Whoosh. Oh, okay. But listen, the other day, because, you know, like, you sleep for, like, anywhere from, what, like, six to eight hours. I guess it had tracked itself, and it went into, like, the next thing. And John, he woke up, and he was like, why are there birds in our bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the snow's not snowing anymore. Now we're at a sunny day at the beach. But, like, all, 
I'll wake up and I'll like resist the urge to look at it. And then if I toss and turn and then I'll be like, fuck it, just look at it. You yeah. know, and it's a drug. It it's is exactly a drug. what you're saying. I'm like, I can see like the flashing light. It's and like, you can feel look it. Look at me, look at me. The you dopamine know? hits. And do you know how much shit I've ordered in the middle of the night? Like this t-shirt came <laughs> the other good. day. I, I really, like that. It's no, I love, love it. the deep beat. But I don't even remember ordering it. <laughs> like that's bad. Like don't remember when I ordered it. It could um, be wine, but I don't think so. I think I... <laughs> Yeah. I ordered um, the the morning after I gave birth to my second daughter. I was at MUSC. John, by the way, MUSC is wonderful. Love. They've just done such a good job. And I, uh, John was sleeping. Uh, baby Close was sleeping. And I was just kind of like having coffee. And I think I was still like <laughs> high off of my whatever fabulous drugs I had. And just also high off the fact that I had this beautiful little child. Yeah. And I opened the Real Real app. I bought that handbag. <laughs> you were like, for me? This for me, for that's me, yeah. my push present. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I So I deserved it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did you have C-sections? No. Yeah. I, I pushed those suckers out and um, I had epidurals, ob- like, not obviously. I, I, for me, obviously, like, I don't have a very high pain threshold. Yeah. And, I, like, I pass out when I get shots. Like, I'm just such a such a baby. Yeah. I get mad when women don't allow themselves to have epidurals though. Cause I know there's some people who like, you know yourself, you did it like awesome. But there's some women I think who have like this internal struggle where they're like, I don't think I should do it for X, Y, Z or whatever. And like, again, like whatever is your journey, like I support you. I'm like not judging, but I do think it is unfair from like a cultural perspective that like no one's asking men to like forego pain uh, medication when they get a vasectomy, mm-hmm. you know, like we drive, we, I don't know, we drive cars, we ride in airplanes, like we have technology and all this advancement all around us. Like, I just wish that like, we could just give each other a little bit of a break. Like an epidural right. is not like a bad thing and it's not going to your brain. It's, it's, and if anything, I was more present mm-hmm. during childbirth because I was not freaking the F out. Uh, but again, that was me because yeah. I am so scared of pain. Like, I was really, really scared going into it. Like, yeah. even now I'm, like, shaky thinking Same. about it. Same, I'm like, it. oh, I had a C-section with the twins. And that, talk about, like, I almost had a nervous breakdown. But I, I feel really like did. if you are scared, like, there's no shame in getting an epidural is yeah. what I'm saying. And well, I, think I mean, that- I didn't breastfeed my twins. And I felt Della was in the nur- level two nursery for five weeks ish. Oh wow. And like at was... first, and I'm mean, Lindsay's heard this story, but like I would pretend that I was pumping and finally John was like, they're going to know like not, you're not even putting the fucking pump on your breast, you know? And cause I was like, I didn't want them to throw shade at me for doing formula, but I, ta- I talked yeah. to my OB and she, I was like, I'm teetering. And she was like, you didn't like nursing Waylon. I did it for four months. She's right. like, don't, why are you doing this to yourself? She's like, now you've got a three-year-old at home, an infant at home and an infant at the hospital. She's like, just do what works for you. Do what works. And do I mean, I'm works. all about that. Like, yeah. I respect everybody. I think it's like, if you yeah. want to do this, great. Yeah. Like, as long as we're not harming each other or har- anybody, you know, like. One of my best friends is about to have a baby and she's going to do the home birth. And I'm like, I'm here for you. Like, I'll catch that baby like a football. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, just like what everybody's different. But that was like my journey. Um, I had a, I actually had a literal trip when I had close my second. So like I said, I'm terrified of, of pain and, and, um, needles and stuff like that. And so, um, when I was at MUSC and my husband is a physician and he, um, he, we all talked to my, uh, OB-GYN about like, about the epidural situation. And basically what happened with Huguette was that I passed out when I had my first epidural. 
and my heart rate went down mm. super, super low. Her heart rate went down. Everybody's fine. It all worked out great, but it was really scary. So when I had my second one, I'm like, I'm still having an epidural. Yeah. Like, I really want to do this. So they said, okay, you can actually have Ativan mm-hmm. to help calm you before you get your epidural. Mm-hmm. And so... I said, awesome. Okay, let's do this. So, um, did you go into labor or were you induced? Uh, I was induced with both of them because I had high blood pressure. Same. And I was fine with that. Like, I was. I was like, because that done. means I could definitely get the epidural. You yeah. know, like not one of those. I I liked having that like control or whatever. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I was I don't know in a lot of pain. I was really dilated. And I was like, all right, we're ready for the epidural, but let's get the Ativan. So I got the Ativan. And um, long story short, the epidural, the the uh, anesthesiologist was really busy and tied up in a C-section. So he was late coming in or just it took a while. And the pain got so bad that they gave me some sort of pain medicine. I forgot what it was, but like something strong. <laughs> so I had an Ativan and then I had the uh, pain medicine. And then finally the epidural popped in and I did not pass out because I was so chill mostly chill you were watching from the ceiling yeah (laughs) so then I had all of this like trifecta of like awesome numbing goodness and I um I she's the nurse was like all right I'm gonna turn the lights down take a nap and so I had my bluetooth speaker and I put on like Enya or something and I had my (laughs) airpods in and y'all, I swear to God, I felt like I like had ayahuasca mm-hmm. and I was tripping balls and I was talking to close. I was like literally like floating on this like rainbow wave in the galaxy. Like <laughs> I felt so warm and loving and like, yeah, I like felt her. Like I really, it was truly like a spiritual, amazing yeah, experience. Cool. experience. And I was like, I'm ready for you. And then I had this like vision of her whole life and our life together and then she swan dived into my canal, my birth canal, and I like woke up, like I was like, oh my god! Like she felt here. it, or yes, the epidural was not like a complete one or something, and pushed for fifteen minutes. It was super extreme, and like she kind of like snapped out of it, and I just had this like totally awesome experience. It was god, so that's fun. so crazy. I it was, was fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Well, there's nothing better <laughs> than having a baby put on your chest. You know, yes. it's so sweet. It's just so sweet. Yeah, it was great, and I just. Anyway, it's a really awesome experience, and but no, I don't think we're having any more children. You yeah. asked me that before. Yeah, I'm not either. My That's tubes a, are tied. Yeah, oh, they are because mm-hmm, I had a C-section. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't I don't think we will. If we did, it would be a happy accident. But I think I'm I'm really ready to to. to I think we're I think we're done. Yeah. But I'm I'm not on any like birth control right now because I I hate hormonal birth control so mm-hmm. much. So are you I gotta figure. Right now? No, mm-mm. I had, I nursed, um, close for like a month and then mm-hmm. we went back to formula Yeah, and, um, but that is not true. Young ladies out there listening, you can get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. You can. Yes. Well, I just, yeah. So I'm not, um, yeah, no, I'm not breastfeeding, but yeah. I, I just, so I've got to figure that out about yeah. what to do about that. So, well, you know, pull and pray always works. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but it doesn't. <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, because we have so many young listeners mm-hmm. and like, you're such a force. You really are. And Thank I love you. Curry too. She's so wonderful. And your cousins, like everybody, there's like a whole freaking family affair here. <laughs> but like if for someone that's listening that is thinking about doing, wants to do something, uh-huh. their own thing. What is like, do you have advice? Oh gosh. Yeah. I have a lot of advice. I would say number one is really just know who you are and know what you want. One of the things that Curry and I one of our like mantras at work is begin with the end in mind. And so whether it's like a newsletter that we're writing or it's a photo shoot or it's a 
2022 year planning goal, which we have not done yet, Mm -hmm. but, you know, really just uh, honing in on, okay, really what is it that you want to accomplish, how you want to feel personally, professionally, spiritually, whatever, and, like, really just get that first and then go from there. Um, I think that's, that's one. Number two is really being real about your strengths. Um, I think it's important to try and do everything when you're, when you're a small business owner, like obviously you can't afford to outsource a lot Mm -hmm. because it teaches you everything about your business, of course. So, you know, when I was, when I was first starting, I was customer service, I was tech support, I was photography, totally writing all the newsletters, all of that stuff. And slowly you're able to outsource that. Um, but that is on- such a good thing to say because when I opened my first studio, I mean, I was the janitor, I was changing toilet paper. Yeah. I was, and I'm sure you still do some of that, right? I do some of it. Yeah. But sometimes I want to look around and be like, Hey, remember we started at the bottom. Now we're here. Like right. <laughs> I've worked true. really hard for this. I have, I feel bad. Like we actually ran out of toilet paper at our studio and I'm like, maybe I'll go get it. And I thought, no, wait, we have a new manager. Like, yeah. I can ask her to do that. That's not a bad thing. Nope, it's not. And, you know, I, you put, I, I, I'm a big believer in, like, you treat your people well, pay them well, respect them, yes. give them time off, like, listen to them when they have concerns. But also, like, there has to be a mutual respect or it's not going to work. Absolutely. And I think, like, for me, I, the industry that I work in, there is a lot of young, young women. And I've been blessed because there is a lot of respect. But I do sometimes see like people come in and they're like, all right, well, like you got this office now and you got all these studios, like I'll do that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well you have to like schlep and you have to do like a million privates and you have to teach it a thousand different places. And yep. it's like, you cannot like jump over that. You have to be through that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think to get, it has to be gritty for you to appreciate it too. Of course it's not. I think Instagram presents like this really glossy version of what it's like to be an entrepreneur or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually like it's, it's really hard and this, and you know, you've got a ton of responsibility. You have people's paychecks weighing on your shoulders. You've got, uh, I mean, there's just, a, there's so much. Yeah. And I think understanding like also if you're, if it didn't make you any money, is it still going to make you happy? Right. Cause there are times mm-hmm. where so true. your, your, your business is going to be costing you money. You know, like I've had to, skip getting paid a few times and I think that or just putting your paycheck like right into the business Mm -hmm. and you know living like a really like um you know this was right when I started but like I was crashing at my parents house like not going out to fancy dinners like all that stuff Mm -hmm. and like slowly saving and reinvesting in the business but I think that um really understanding who you are and what you and like what your brand stands for and not being scared to be unique, not being scared to be different because you, if you're trying to be something to everybody, you're, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You have to be everything to a few people. Yep. And the more that we have leaned into like what our purpose is and what our mission is and what our, like, our core products are, the more successful we've become. And I think also finding your Carter is really important. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, you can do a lot of stuff on your own, but I've been reading, like, there's a business book I love. It's it's by the author Gino Wickman, and uh, it's called um, Rocket Fuel. And he talks about how, like, great businesses, there's two people at the top. There's the visionary and the integrator. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that, like, Carter and Curry, they have a lot of, like, creative, huge visions, of course, but I think, at least in my situation, like, Curry is definitely our integrator. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one that's, like, more, uh, like, 
creative and the emotional one and mm-hmm. who kind of like fosters the brand and like really good at relationships yep. and um, those kind of soft skills. Yep. And she's the one who's cracking the whip. Totally. And making the schedules and booking the meetings and dragging me into meetings and stuff like Amen. that. And holding me accountable. I and love that's you, another Carter, thing. It's <laughs> try to find people to hold you accountable. That was a huge thing. Like I got an intern as fast as I could. I think I paid her. I hope I paid her. I probably paid her like eight bucks an hour or something. Mm-hmm. But really the value that she brought to me was that I had outside accountability. So I thought, okay, she's going to come next Tuesday. And we talked this week about, uh, I don't know, updating our Pinterest page. So Mm -hmm. I need to get her all of this information so she can put it on Pinterest. If I hadn't had her on board, I wouldn't have done that. Right. So having outside accountability, even if it's someone who's like, quote unquote, like beneath you is really, is really important. Yeah. And then... Man, I mean, I have so much. I have so much advice. Like, I need to take. Myself. We might need to bring heart back for a part two. <laughs> anyway, I mean, this year it's all about like um, up leveling with the business. Like, we are really, really focused on growth and building our team out. And having my sister on board has really enabled me to like flex my creative muscles and have time to do stuff like this. And um, I'm just super, super grateful. And yeah, I'm looking forward to a big year ahead for yeah. sure. Well, I think you have a lot of good things coming. Thank you. Yes. And I love, I mean, this is just sidebar, but like the bathroom at your place oh. has all those pictures in it. Like yeah. that, like you I don't know if y'all cut them out of magazines. We did. I'm like, I bet Hart has the coolest fucking house. <laughs> like your style, you're just very eccentric and it's like, Thanks. it's just cool. I love decorating. It's so fun. Well, it goes so hand in hand. You paint too, right? I do. I do. Badly. What, what <laughs> don't you do? You speak Chinese. You don't, well, you don't do drugs. So there we go. I don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we know that now. Uh. I definitely can't sing. I, I want to hear you sing. I love to sing. I sang all in all my classes today. I pulled the mic away and I just sing. I was singing Mary J. Blige. Oh. I was singing Eminem. What else was I singing today? I was singing a little Black Eyed Peas. I was singing some um, Bruce Hornsby. Like I just went all over the map today. I love that. If I could have like a, a skill, I think I would. It's not singing. I would like to learn how to dance, like really be a good dancer. But that doesn't stop me from dancing. Like I'm a totally horrible dancer. I was telling my class, my 1215 <laughs> this today that my daughter, and this is where I'm heading to go take her to dance. Yeah. She is so adorable, but she Aww. is so bad at dancing, but she's like, thinks she's so good that it's like, maybe she is good, you know? And I think it's like all about confidence. I mean, you can't tell a child you're doing this wrong. No. You know what I mean? Like, I have a video I'll show you after where she's just like moving her hand and just kind of walking to the side. That seems great to me. And she is great to me. having a ball. Right? So, you know, I'm all about it. All right. Tell our listeners where they can find you. So you can find us at 650 King Street physically. And hopefully starting March 1st around, we will be open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We are also on Instagram. H-A-R-T underscore studio and on our website H-A-R-T-H-A-G-E-R-T-Y dot com and for those who aren't in Charleston you can book a virtual appointment with us to build a necklace which is uh, a really great experience we have a team of assemblers who can help you and we do it over uh, Zoom and we are also offering a special discount for the works. We never ever discount our uh, custom charm jewelry or our individual charms. Um, So we're doing this as a very special uh, promotion for y'all. We are offering 15% off site-wide with the code, the works at checkout. 
And uh, I hope you'll wear your jewelry to class because you can, because it won't tarnish on you. She doesn't take my classes, but I'm just going to assume that's because she has kids at those times. I'm like warming up for your classes. You are ready ready now. (laughs) Um, You guys, thank you so much as always for listening. Heart, thank you so much. You're wonderful. Um, Please listen to this episode. Share with your friends. Check Heart out. Rate us. Review us. Only if it's good. And uh, we'll chat next (laughs) week. 